So this morning, um, we are in this still, I, I thought I was going to end this series, but I couldn't, <laughs> all kinds of faith. And uh, I'm going to be looking at several passages of scripture this morning. I'm going to start in Daniel chapter 3, Daniel chapter 3. But I wanted to say, so the, the first week we did this, I spoke on the danger of having no faith and the power of just having a little faith. And then, then in the week two, we talked about having great faith. And in week three, we talked about amazing faith. And then uh, Jacob Moore came and, and uh, preached on the author and finisher of our faith. And last week, Elizabeth did a fantastic job talking about miracles at the feet of Jesus. And if you didn't get the chance to hear Jacob and Elizabeth's message, you need to go back and listen to them because they both did a fantastic job, didn't they? Yes, they did awesome, awesome. And um, so, like I said, I, I, I planned on sort of wrapping this series up and then moving on to something else. But I feel like the Lord's given me at least one, maybe two more messages in this series. So um, this morning we're going to talk about even if faith. Now, the Bible doesn't ever call faith even if faith, but just bear with me and, and we'll, we'll see what I... What, what I'm talking about here. So let's look at Daniel. And so in Daniel chapter 3, there's this story where the king builds the, is convinced to build this huge statue of himself. And he says, you know, if you, when the music's played, when the guitars come on, everybody starts firing up the banjos, everybody's supposed to bow down to me and worship this, this idol, this huge statue of me. And there's these three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that said, no, we're not going to do it. We're not going to bow down to that thing because we know the Lord. We know the real God. And for us to bow down to another God would be idolatry. And it would be dishonoring to our God. And so we're not going to do it. And so uh, the king gets really mad. And so we're going to pick up in verse 13. And it says, then Nebuchadnezzar, that's the king, flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I've set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I've made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse... You will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue from my power? Can I just stop right there? I'm just going to say many times Satan uses this ploy of, of trying to intimidate. And if you're ever in a place where you feel intimidation from a person, from a group, from anything, when you're feeling intimidated, that's the devil. God does not intimidate. God will convict. God will guide us and lead us. But that's, and when you feel intimidated to do what you know is right, when you feel intimidated from something, that's the enemy. And recognize that and, and do not allow yourself to be intimidated from being who God has called you to be and doing the things God asks you to do, right? And so they said, no, we're not going to do it. So, but we refuse but he says, if you refuse, you'll be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue from my power? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. We don't have to explain ourselves to you. We, we don't have to explain ourselves to you. We don't owe you an explanation. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. 
He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if, everybody say even if. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you've set up. So this morning, here's the big idea. Sometimes the greatest faith is the even if faith. So let's talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego for just a minute. These people had faith. These guys had faith. One, just imagine someone saying, look, if you don't do this, I'm going to throw you into a fiery furnace. You would have to believe in what you're standing for to say, oh, okay, I'll, I'll do what you ask. But they knew who the real God was, and they had faith in him, and they had faith that God would show up. And here's the thing. I love that they had enough faith to declare it. God's going to see us through this. You can do it, but God's going to take care of us. They had enough faith to declare it. But even in that, they had this moment of like, but you know what? We're not really God. He's God and he has all the answers. So even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't show up, even if he doesn't do what we're declaring, even if he doesn't do what we're believing and asking for, we're still going to love him. We're still going to serve him. We're still going to do the things because we're not going to bow a knee to anyone else, right? And so there are times when, you know, maybe you've had those moments where, you know, God, you didn't do what I asked you to do. Or God, things aren't going the way I think they should go or I wanted them to go or I asked you to do. But in those moments, faith comes in when we say, you know what? Even if you don't do what I ask you to do. Even if things get harder, even if those things happen, I'm not going to bow a knee to the enemy. I'm going to continue to serve you. I'm going to continue to worship you. I'm going to continue to believe in you. I'm going to continue to walk in faith with you. And that's not going to change anything, right? And, and so they, they had faith that even if he did not, they were still going to continue to believe. So let's look at Luke chapter 18. So I'm going to call this... Even if I have to pray over and over faith. Now, um, I'm just picking up where Elizabeth left off last week because she read this scripture and, and I'm stealing it from her. Okay, I'm, I'm just taking it from her. I thought it was, you know. So it says, then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray at all times and to not lose heart. To not lose heart. And I don't know if you've ever been there before, but if you ever prayed for something, you don't have to raise your hand. But have you ever prayed for something so many times and for so long that you begin to lose heart? Or maybe you prayed for something a long time and it just didn't happen that way. And Jesus said, do not lose heart. And so he taught them this parable about their need to pray at all times and not lose heart. It says, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God or respected men, and there was a widow in that town who kept appealing to him, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect men, yet because this widow keeps pestering me, I will give her justice. Then she will stop wearing me out with her perpetual request. And the Lord said, listen to the words of the unjust judge. Will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry out to him day and night? He will continue to defer... Will he continue to defer their help? I tell you, he will promptly carry out justice on their behalf. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, 
Will he find faith on the earth? And so what he's equating to faith here is the persistent prayer of keep coming back and keep praying and that it didn't happen yesterday, but I'm going to pray again today. It's not, I've been praying this prayer every day for the last three years. It's not happened. But I've got enough faith that I'm still going to believe in God, and I'm going to keep praying. And so even if that's the faith that Jesus is saying, will y'all find this, or will y'all give up? Are y'all going to keep praying and believing, or are you going to lose heart? And when I come back, am I going to find a bunch of people who say, well, we prayed for you know, two years, and nothing happened, so we just quit asking. Or are you going to keep believing? Are you going to keep believing? Are you going to keep asking? Because sometimes faith is persisting through not getting the answer. Sometimes faith is continuing to believe and show up and do the things God's asking you to do and continue to pray with all the fervency you can muster even if he didn't answer. That's still faith. That's still faith. And sometimes we want to talk about faith as, I declared it and it happened. And yes, sometimes God does that. And sometimes we pray and God answers. And sometimes we fast and God answers. But sometimes we pray and we declare and we fast and we believe and we gather together and pray and we ask our friends to pray. And it doesn't happen. And that's just reality. And sometimes I'm just going to say that we have taught a false doctrine in America that if you can become a Christian all your problems are going to go away and you're never going to have a hard day and, and if you just have enough faith and if something goes wrong it's because you did not have enough faith. Man I've heard some terrible stories of people being blamed for things. So well, the only reason that bad thing must have happened is there must have been something wrong with your spiritual life. The only reason that bad thing happened in your life you must not have had enough faith. Jesus is saying there may be some times when you've prayed long and hard and over and over and over and it's not happened yet. Now, let me make this very clear. Jesus is not equating God to the unjust king here or unjust ruler or the unjust judge. He's not saying that that's the way God is, but he's saying that, that if, even if the unjust will eventually come around, how much more will your heavenly father... When, we, when he loves us and he's for us and he is just, will he answer us? But here's the thing. He's saying, but even if he doesn't answer you after the first time or the 20th time or the 100th time, faith is continuing to pray even if, right? Yeah. So let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12. This is the even if you don't get the answer, I want faith. Because sometimes God answers, but it's not the answer we want. Sometimes God gives us an answer, but it's not what we want to hear. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul writes this. Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given, he was given a gift here. He was given a gift. I was given a thorn in, the, in my flesh. A messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. 
So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I'm, I'm weak, then I am strong. Now, I want you to look at this scripture with me because in, in this series, we've been looking at some scriptures that have been a little hard. You know, remember when Jesus called a woman a dog? That was hard to read, right? And, and when God, Jesus talks to us about servants and we, we should come in and serve him without asking for anything in return, that's sort of hard to read. And this is a difficult passage because we have Paul here who is great, the, probably the greatest apostle to ever live. I mean, he, he spread the gospel, two-thirds of the New Testament written by him, and he's saying here, I begged God at least three different times to take this thing from me. We don't know what the thorn of the flesh was. Some people have, you know, hypothesized that it was his vision. Some people have hypothesized that it was he carried this guilt and shame for Stephen and all that he had done to the church. And he just, well, that was kept coming up in his life. And he just had to deal with that. And he couldn't just get over that. I, I'm not sure because he doesn't say. But here's a couple things I want you to notice here. He says, <clears throat> I was given this. So that I wouldn't be proud. And then he says, it was a messenger from Satan. Do you think Satan didn't want Paul to be proud? No, I'll answer it for you. No. If anything, Satan would have loved for Paul to become proud. So was this thorn in the flesh from Satan? Or was this thorn in the flesh given to him by God to keep him from being proud? The answer is yes. <laughs> now, I don't know how your th theology is, and I don't want to try to get down into to the muck of this, but either God gave him this or God allowed it, however you want to say it, but God allowed this thorn in the flesh, a messenger from Satan, to afflict Paul so that Paul would not get proud. Because there's no way you can convince me that Satan goes, we don't want Paul getting proud. Man, if he gets proud, no, Satan would have loved that. Now, I'm not going to be messing with your theology. You might be mad at me right now. But here's what I'm saying. God knew what he was doing here. And when... Paul says, would you take this away from me? God's answer was not, yes, I'll take it away from you, Paul. It was, my grace is sufficient. I'm not going to take this away from you. If you'll keep leaning on me, I'll help you get through it. I'm not going to take this affliction away from you. I'm not going to take that pain away from your life. Because, Paul, you need this pain in your life. You know, sometimes God looks at us and says, Mark, you need some pain in your life. Because, you know, sometimes the only way we change is through pain. Sometimes the only way that we can keep from getting proud or getting, getting confident or, or getting distracted or a lot of things is to have a little pain in our life. And so is it possible? And some of you say, God would never send me pain. Read it. God allowed that pain in Paul's life to keep him from getting proud. But here's the thing we know that Paul understood that, okay, if that pain in my life keeps me humble, if that pain in my life keeps me on track with Jesus, then I'm going to glory in my weakness. I'll be happy to bear the, bear the pain. I'll be happy because in my weakness, Christ's strength is made perfect in me. And so sometimes we ask for things to be removed from our life. 
And God says, no, not going to. So we have to have this even if faith that even if you don't take away the pain, even if you don't take away the hard thing in my life, even if you don't, I'm still going to believe you. I'm still going to serve you. I'm still going to worship you. Paul did not let that keep him from spreading the gospel all through the world. It didn't keep him from starting churches and, and, and writing doctrine that we're still learning today. He said, even if, God, even if, I'll take your grace. Because you know what? God's grace is always better than him answering our prayer. If we can have God's grace in our life, we have his strength to help us walk through every day. Him guiding us and holding our hands and taking care of us and saying, Yeah, Paul, I know it hurts, but I'm going to give you the grace to get through it. That's even better because it kept him in a place where God can continue to use him. Amen? So even if, even if I don't get the answer I want, will I keep believing? Will I keep doing the things that, I, that God's called me to do? And the last one comes from Hebrews chapter 11. Now, we know Hebrews chapter 11 is called the, the Hall of Faith. It lists all these powerful things that happen and, and what faith does. And it tells us what faith is and it gives us all these examples. But this is, I'm calling, even if I am one of the others, faith. So let's pick up in verse 32 of Hebrews chapter 11. It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms. They ruled with justice and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouth of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back from the, from the dead. Man, do you see what faith did for these people? They, became, they were weak, but the faith made them strong. They put armies to flight. They brought people back from the dead. They had all these victories, all these powerful things. All these things were going great for them because of their faith. And God does that for us, right? Amen. But others were tortured, refusing to learn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half. Others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. The second part is not so much shout-worthy, is it? Sawn in half. <laughs> Woo! Want to do that? Jeered at. Hiding in caves. And what he's saying here is that all these people, the people that put armies to flight and brought people back from the dead and the people who were sawn in two and were stoned to death and had to hide out and run, all had faith. Yeah. All of them had faith. And they all earned a good reputation. I'm, I'm believing it's reputation in heaven because I believe God looked down at those people and said, even though you're dying for me, I see your faith. 
It takes faith to walk through persecution. Listen, God's not a vending machine. And sometimes we, we want him to be a vending machine that if I put the right thing in and push the right button, I'll get the thing I want. So if I can just figure out the right formula, I can always get exactly what I want. And I can venture to say that those people that were sawn in two and stoned to death, that's not what they wanted. And it wasn't because they didn't have enough faith. And it wasn't because they had something wrong with their spiritual life. Listen, don't judge, never judge another person's faith by the circumstances or the outcomes of their life. Because we see in Hebrews chapter 11, some of the outcomes were glorious. Some of the outcomes we would look at and say, man, that was a disaster. That was a loss. Yeah, when, when they brought somebody back to dead, that outcome was great. When they were put to death for, for loving God, that was a loss. That, that wasn't a win. How can you celebrate that? But it says that all of those people had faith and earned a great reputation in heaven. And so those people, even if God didn't show up, even if God didn't bring their dead back to life, even if God didn't save them. They, yeah, he saved Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fire. They had to walk into the furnace, but he saved them from it. But some of these people in Hebrews chapter 11, the others, they weren't saved from being killed by the sword. They weren't saved from poverty. They weren't saved from rejection. But the Bible's very clear. They had a great reputation because of their faith. And so one of the things I think God is going to ask of us from time to time is, will you serve me even if? Will you love me even if? So many times I see people who, it's easy to serve the Lord when all the prayers are getting answered and everything's fun. And then when the prayers don't get answered, it's very natural to begin to question it's very natural to begin to ask hard questions, like, God, why did this person get their answer and I didn't get mine? Why was this person healed and this one wasn't? Why were they saved from the fire, but these people died from the sword? Why, why did Daniel survive the den of lions and Peter was crucified upside down? And in our lives, it's very natural to ask those questions. But I believe God's calling us to a deeper faith that we can say, even if you require me to be one of the others, that I have to go through some persecution, if I have to go through some hard things, if I don't get all my, my prayers answered, if every time I pray, the glory of God doesn't show up and just save me or, or the miracle doesn't happen, even if, God, I'm going to still serve you even if I'm still going to love you, even if, God, every morning I'm just going to show up and say, here I am, God. Yes. Here I am again. Here I am again. I don't have the answers, but, Lord, here I am again. And I'm just calling on you and I'm asking you to, to help me through this day with your grace. Yes. Help me through this day with your grace. See, faith doesn't always guarantee great outcomes. Faith does guarantee, though, 
an ultimate reward and an ultimate outcome. You know, in the early church, first hundred years, hundreds and thousands of Christians were put to death. And they kept growing. And people kept coming into the faith. And, and they kept loving God. And here's why. Because they understood it's not about this world. It's not about everything you can do for me today. And yes, God's good to us today. And God loves you. And he wants to bless you. And we believe that he heals people. And he delivers people. And he sets people free. And he does miracles. And he prospers people. All those things are yes, true. Amen? But they understood, the early church understood, when that doesn't happen, he's still God. And there's an eternity that I am inheriting that even if this life ends horribly, and it's horrible the whole life, and I never get the thing I want, there's going to be a day in eternity where I'll have everything I've ever wanted and more, and it's going to be better than I can ever imagine. And so we are guaranteed a great outcome. When we follow Christ and we don't give up, and like Jesus said, well, I find faith on the earth while well, I still find people who believe even if they're still asking for the same thing. And he says there's a great outcome coming. Our treasure should be God, not what he gives us. Our treasure, the thing that we seek most, should be him and not what he gives us and as long as he's with us and we have relationship with him that should be our treasure god i'm just i didn't get my prayer answered yesterday but you're still with me i still feel your presence i still know you're there our goal should be to glorify god and not ourselves ultimately it's faith it's ultimately it's faith that brings salvation to us and everything else, even if we don't get everything we want. Even if. I want to I close this with a scripture that I don't know that it really fits, but I, I felt like the Lord wanted me to tack this on the end, and, and so I want to read it to you because a lot of this has been about having even if faith. And so the question may be, well, how do I, how do I get even if faith? How do I get there. I can't, sometimes it's just hard to decide that. Well, here's what the Bible tells us one way we can get and grow our faith in Jude chapter 1 verse 20. There's only cha one chapter, Jude chapter 20. But you, my delight, I'm reading this out of the Passion Translation, but you, my delightfully loved friends, constantly and progressively build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith by praying every moment in the Spirit. And then fasten your hearts to the love of God and receive the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who gives us eternal life. So he tells us two things we can do here to get through those times when we're having to have even if faith. Pray in the Spirit all the time. Pray in the Holy Spirit. It means pray in tongues. Pray in the Holy Ghost. However you want to say it, pray in the Spirit. Because as we pray in the Spirit, it, it, it brings up these rivers of living water that Jesus talked about in us that brings faith and ra raises faith up in our life. And then the second thing the Scripture tells us is to anchor ourselves to the love of God. And I think this means two things. One, just continually commit ourselves that we're going to love Him. There's a, one of my favorite movies. It's, it's not, um, you know... Um, 
Oscar worthy or anything, but it's facing the giants. It's an old movie. But there's a scene in there where this woman gets a bad report from the doctor, and she comes down and she says, I'll still love you. I'm still going to love you. Even if I don't get what I'm asking you, I'm still going to love you. And I think there's times that we need to say that to God. Jesus, even if I don't get this thing, I'm still, even if, I'm still going to love you. And then remind ourselves continually that God does love you. Even if we don't get everything we want. Even if we haven't got the answer yet. Even if we got the answer we didn't want. Even if it seems like we're one of the others. God loves us. And we need to reaffirm that. God, I know you love me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. And as we pray in the Spirit and just remind ourselves that we love him and he loves us, the Bible promises that it will build up our holy faith. It will build us up and we'll be able to walk those difficult days. Amen? All right, would you stand with me? <clears throat>